Well, good morning, everyone. On behalf of the Frazier family, I'd like to welcome you here this morning to what I'm calling a homegoing celebration service and celebrating the life of a wonderful, godly woman, Mrs. Frazier. Let's begin this morning by standing together and singing one of her favorite hymns to our Lord and Savior. If you'll take the hymnal from the chair back in front of you, it's page 66, To God Be the Glory. We'll start at the first verse. To God be the glory, great things he hath done, so loved he the atonement for sin and open the life gate that all may go in praise the lord praise the lord let the earth hear his voice praise the lord praise the lord let the people rejoice oh come to the father through Jesus the Son, and give Him the glory, great things He hath done. On the last, great things He hath taught us, great things He hath done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son, but purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people to the Father through Jesus the Son and give Him the glory great things He hath done. Amen. You may be seated. I add my welcome to you and thank you for being here to uh, honor Mrs. Frazier and their family and to participate with them in this homegoing service. Um, you know, everyone's life is a sermon. And Ms. Frazier's life is a sermon that speaks for itself. And today, uh, we will speak of her, but I don't know if there could really be anything more powerful and precious than a life lived for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, it is a joy for us to be able to share this time together. I was in really so honored to be in Japan two times. And um, everywhere I went in Japan, I, I, was, um, I was recognized because I know the Frasers. And I was their pastor, and, every, and it, was, it was wonderful. Met some of the most wonderful people, people that are dear to Dr. Miss Frazier. And um, uh, how wonderful of their love and concern and admiration and gratitude for those deep 
abiding relationships forged through challenges and blessings. And um, uh, it, it was, uh, to me, a powerful testimony of the legacy of Miss Frazier and Dr. Frazier. Um, of course, um, I want to commend very much uh, the family for your care, uh, Pam and Pastor Frazier, your cares uh, for your mom. And Dr. Frazier's care for Miss Frazier, all the way faithful. He, from the time they are married as youngsters, and he'll remind you, he would not advise it. <laughs> he would not advise to get married at that age, but faithful all the way to the end and um, true to the Lord and to her. And what a, what a wonderful testimony of God's grace and of your faithfulness to him and to her to your family, so we're grateful. I'm going to share with you some scriptures. There's nothing quite like the power of the scriptures, and I'll start reading today in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where the scriptures tell us, therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Wherefore we labor, uh, that whether uh, we are confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether we be present or absent, we may be accepted of him. And then I read the Lord's words, John chapter 14, the first six verses. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, ye may be also. And where I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And then I'll read some scriptures that describe the place that Jesus has prepared and where today Miss Frazier is. The Bible describes from the book of the Revelation, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall be with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And the nations, or excuse me, and the city hath no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor to it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. For there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. 
And there shall no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whosoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there. They need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. These sayings are faithful and true. Shall we go to the Lord in prayer and ask his blessing on our time? Lord, it is a joy to give you glory for your grace manifested through the life of Miss Fraser. And it is our prayer that you would help, Lord. The Holy Spirit has a work that only he can do in comforting hearts, and we depend upon him for it on behalf of this family and loved ones. And even in this time that we've gathered in celebration, we ask, oh God, that your spirit would freely speak to individuals, that we might know um, your voice and your presence and your comfort. And uh, especially I pray for Dr. Frazier, for Pastor Frazier as he preaches this sermon today. Give him help, we pray. And so we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We have a piano number by Corey Waters, Dr. Miss Frazier's grandson, and then there's a video following that from um, Dr. Sisk.
It is a wonderful privilege of mine to have a small part in the celebration of a life of Bonnie Frazier. Some 56 years ago, I met Dr. Frazier. A few days after that, I met his dear wife, Bonnie. From 56 years ago until this very day, the Frasers have been some of the best friends that we have ever had in our whole life. We had the opportunity to fellowship together in many, many ways, in revival meetings in Japan, in Bible conferences, uh, teaching at Kansai Independent Baptist Bible College, and on and on, various opportunities. And then to serve together here in, with Baptist International Missions, when I became the president and Brother Fraser became the Far Eastern director. And so many times we had fellowship with he and Miss Bonnie. And it was always a wonderful time. I think that uh, Bonnie was much like my wife, Virginia. Uh, she wasn't very vocal publicly, uh, but she was quite vocally at the house. <laughs> and when I think of Bonnie Frazier, I, I think of the word servant. She was a great servant of God. She served her husband very well. She served her family very well. Keeping the house, preparing the meals, teaching them the Bible and praying for them. She was a great wife. She was a great mother. And of all the joys maybe that a mother has, one day she became a grandmother and she has been a great grandmother. A few days ago, Bonnie breathed her last breath of earthly air and her first breath of celestial air. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8, we are confident, I say, and willing rather, now here's a great thought, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. You think about that. No soul sleep. The very moment that a person who has trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, breathes their last breath of air on this earth, they breathe their first breath of air in that celestial city. What a wonderful thought. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Then I read in Psalms 116, 15, <clears throat> Precious, in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Now, uh, death is not precious to us. But the Bible says, and we believe whatever the Bible says, that the death of the saints are precious in his sight. 
He brings his children home. I can't help but think that uh, maybe uh, Virginia and Bonnie have already gotten together for a short time. Uh, I know her first thought was seeing her Savior, Jesus. But then she will get to see those of her loved ones who have preceded her to heaven. And then one day, thank God, all of us who have trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior will have that wonderful opportunity to be together again. I like to read a passage of scripture and it may be read more than one time today, but repetition is not bad. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, there were some people that were thinking, what has happened? Some of our loved ones who have been saved have died and the Lord has not come back yet. And, and Paul wrote these letters of explanation as to what was going to happen. And he says in verse 13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so also shall them which sleep in Jesus Think about that. That term is never used for lost people. But they're resting in Jesus. For if we believe that Christ died and rose again, so even them also which sleep in Jesus would God bring with him. Listen, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Here's a verse that just one word in here that I'd probably overlooked until I often think about the rapture and the resurrection. Verse 17 says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. Look, look at that little word. Caught up together with them. And uh, he's talking about the loved ones that have already died. And he said, uh, we that are alive when Jesus comes again. And by the way, Paul thought maybe he'd be alive. And we ought always to think that he may come at any time. I often tell people the second coming may not be immediate, but it is imminent. It could happen any moment. It could happen any moment. Here's the, here it is. We shall be caught up together with them. With who? With our loved ones of God. 
I, I, I look at this and I can't help but think. I can't wait. It's, it's a great, great desire to see Jesus when he comes again. And when he does, and that archangel shouts, and that trumpet sounds, Virginia and I'll join hands, and we'll be caught up together in the air to meet the Lord in the air. Caught up together. And uh, hey, Dr. Frazier, one day uh, when Jesus comes, you and Bonnie will be holding hands, and we'll be caught up together to meet the Lord. And so shall we ever be with the Lord and we'll have eternity to rejoice together. May God bless you, Dr. Frazier, and the son and daughter-in-law and the daughter and son-in-law and the grandchildren. And the Bible does not say that we should not sorrow. But thank God it does say we should not sorrow as those who have no hope. We have a hope. And by the way, that's not our hope. This, no, 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 no. This is the blessed assurance that it's going to happen. It's going to happen one day. The trumpet's going to sound. The archangel's going to shout. And we'll be out of here. I can't wait for that day. What a glorious day that'll be. God bless you, dear people. I love you and I'm praying for you. God 
his son not sparing, sent him to die. I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died just to take away my sin then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then I shall bow in humble and there proclaim my God how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to thee Robert Ballard, our minister of music at Canton Baptist Temple. And as you can see, they come to hear him sing, and then they just stick around to hear me preach afterwards. But I'm so grateful that he was here today. What a blessing. Thank you so much, Robert. And I want to begin by expressing my thanks uh, to you for being here today. Uh, Your very presence here today is a tremendous blessing and encouragement to our family. As a family, we want to thank you for the visits 
the phone calls, the words of comfort, the concern for us, and we are especially grateful for all of your prayers for our family during this time. I also want to thank those who work with Hearth Hospice and also those who work at the bridge who took such wonderful care of my mom. Y'all need to pray for me today. <laughs> My mom used to always say, it's not good when we cry, we make ugly faces when the Frasers cry. You folks have been so gracious and kind to our family. Your compassion, your love, your care for my mom were off the charts. And it was obvious that what you do day in and day out is not just a job. You were not only a blessing to my mom, but you were a blessing to us as you took extra time to minister to us as family members. I also want to thank my sister. Uh, with me living 10 hours away, uh, she was the one who got the responsibility, the main responsibility of taking care of my mom and my dad, and I'm so very grateful. I'm also very grateful for the Heaths who have so often come by and ministered to my parents and loved on them and run errands and just have been a tremendous encouragement to my parents. Proverbs 31 verse 10 poses the question, who can find a virtuous woman? I believe my dad would say, I certainly found a virtuous woman. My mom was a great wife to my dad. Some of you may or may not know this, but they were married for 72 years. Um, they met as teenagers, they fell in love, and they got married. Uh, my dad to this day will tell you that he married the prettiest girl in Texas. As a matter of fact, she, I heard, uh, dumped the high school quarterback to go with my dad. So that's special. Mom worked hard to put my dad through eight years of education at Bob Jones University. She was fully submitted to God's calling on my dad's life. As a matter of fact, she always said since dad was called and she was his wife, that meant she was automatically called as well. So in 1964, uh, they sailed off from Louisiana through the Panama Canal, across the Pacific Ocean, and 30 days later, they arrived as missionaries in the country of Japan. And she was right by my dad's side through all the ups and the downs of life and ministry, uh, praying together, crying together, serving together. They did everything together. And by the way, he was by her side until she took her last breath. They have been like two lovebirds all the way to the very end. My uh, daughter, Lauren, got really tickled one day when she came down with me to visit them. And Dad and I had just gotten back from dinner one evening. And he walked into the bedroom where my mom was 
lying in bed and leaned over and said, hey, sweetie, can I get a kiss from you? And she smiled and slowly lifted her head off the pillow, and yes, he got his kiss. There's no question she was a great, great wife. But I want you to know that she was also a great mother. Pam and I will attest to the fact that she was so loving and so giving and so always there for us. Before she got uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, there were times when I would share with her some of the challenges that I was facing in the ministry, and more times than not, she would quote to me, 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Or she would quote Jeremiah 33 and verse 3, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And then she would proceed to preach to me. And somewhere along the way, I would interrupt her and say, hey, 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 I'm the preacher. You're not the preacher. But she was always sharing Bible verses. Dad has always been the more serious one, but my mom loved to have fun. Uh, She would always tell us as kids, God didn't make whipped cream just for the devil's children. She loved whipped cream. When dad would go away for special meetings, uh, she would look at us, smile, and say, we're going to have a good time while he's gone, and we're going to eat all of our favorite foods. There was never any question in our minds as to whether she loved us or not. Pam and I remember how on several occasions she used her allowance, her allowance money, my mom and dad have always done the allowance. I'm not real sure anybody else does that, but they had allowances and she would buy us something that we really wanted that dad told us we couldn't afford. And uh, she always found a way. Now I should emphasize that she loved me enough to discipline me. I don't know about your mom, but when, my, when I misbehaved, my mom would grab whatever she could find, uh, whatever was around her, whether that was a wooden spoon or a hairbrush or what it, whatever it was, and she would go after me. Often she would take that same wooden spoon to church in her purse, and when we would be misbehaving, she would make eye contact, lift that wooden spoon out of the purse, And I knew then I'd better straighten up or I was going to be in trouble whenever I got home. I'm going to miss my Monday, Wednesday, and Friday phone calls where she would always, without fail, she would end the conversation with, Mike, I love you. And I'm so proud of you. There's the ugly face. She was a great mother. But she was also a wonderful grandmother. Known by all of her grandchildren as Granny. Her grandchildren were the light of her life. If it was in her power to do so, she would get them 
anything that they wanted. To the grandchildren, I want to say that your granny left you an incredible spiritual legacy. She made sure that she instilled the truth of God's word into all of our hearts and into all of our lives. I have here this morning one of her old Bibles, and as you can tell, it is well used and worn out from cover to cover. Mom was a high school graduate with only a a couple of years of college classes, but she was a diligent student of God's Word. I'm reminded of what someone said, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Every Bible that I got as a young person, she would write in the front of it these two statements. Dusty Bibles lead to dirty lives. And then she would write, this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. And I can still remember coming down the stairs in our house there in Midorigaoka on some of those cold winter days and You remember how we had to use the kerosene heaters to heat up just each room and slowly open the doors till that main floor got warm. And I would come down the stairs and there she would be sitting at the kitchen table uh, with her Bible open, having her morning devotions, making us breakfast, getting our lunches prepared before we headed off to school. Mom was a godly lady. And to all the grandchildren here today, I would challenge you to follow in the spiritual footsteps of your granny. Give your heart and your life to the Lord. Put God first in your life and live for him. Build your life upon the solid foundation of God's word, the Bible. Love God, love family, love others to Jesus. Embrace your granny's values and you will never go wrong. I I want you to realize today, especially the grandchildren, that when it gets to this point, there's nothing else that matters except for your relationship with God and how you've lived for Him. I draw your attention to a verse of Scripture that at first glance may seem like a very odd statement, and I was really afraid when I first saw the video by Dr. Sis that he was stealing my thunder, but then he shifted gears. But we know that if God says something in his word, even though it may not always make sense initially, we know it is true. In Psalm 116, verse 15 says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I don't know about you, but I don't think of the words precious and death belonging in the same sentence. Why would the death of a saint be precious in the sight of the Lord? Well, first of all, let me clarify that this verse is not a generic statement that can be applied to anyone who dies, but rather it can only apply to the death of his saints. And according to the Bible, a saint is a person who belongs to God because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so by biblical definition, we know that my mom was a saint. Why? Well, because back in 1952 in Biloxi, Mississippi, 
When my dad was stationed there while serving in the Air Force, mom heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. She recognized the fact that she was a sinner in need of the Savior, and she put her faith, she put her trust in Christ alone for her salvation. Dad told me that that young Baptist preacher that day was, in his words, shucking the corn. And when he stepped out into the aisle to respond during that invitation, my mom was right behind him. And in his words, what happened that day was real and genuine. Both of them were gloriously saved that August day, and their lives would never, ever be the same. But back to my question, why would the psalmist say that the death of a saint is precious? Well, first of all, when a saint dies, he or she wakes up in the very presence of the Lord in heaven. There's no in-between place, and I believe so far this verse has been mentioned several times, but 2 Corinthians 5, 8 under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul says to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And so the moment that my dear mom took her last breath, there at the bridge, the very next moment, as Dr. Sis said, she breathed in celestial air on the other side. My sister said that one of the nurses there at the bridge said it was the most peaceful death that she had ever witnessed. In God's eyes, in God's eyes, mom's death was precious because in his sovereignty, he knew that her time here on earth was finished and it was now time for her to go be with him in heaven. When a believer dies, we often flippantly say, well, she's in a better place, but I want you to know my mom really, really is in a better place. She has experienced the reality of that old hymn, when my life work is ended and I cross the swelling tide, when the bright and glorious morning I shall see, I shall know my Redeemer when I reach the other side, and his smile will be the first to welcome me. But another reason that the death of a saint is precious, I believe, is because it means that certain things come to an end. For instance, for the saint, death ends all suffering. Suffering is such a part of our everyday lives that it's sometimes hard for us to imagine a place without suffering. But think about it because Mom is in heaven where she will never, ever experience any more suffering again. For my mom, suffering and pain are things of the past. But not only does suffering cease to exist, but for the saint, death ends all sorrow. Yes, there's a lot of sorrow here on earth, and there's even sorrow that we are certainly experiencing here this morning. But according to Revelation 21, verse 4, in heaven, the Bible says there will be no more sorrow. All sadness and all tears will be gone in that wonderful place that we call heaven. But let me also remind you that for the saint, death ends all sickness. Praise God in heaven, 
There are none of the horrible diseases that we deal with down here on earth. There are no hospitals, no nursing homes, no funeral homes, no cancer, no dementia, Alzheimer's, dad, no Parkinson's disease, no more pills to take, no walkers, no wheelchairs, the list goes on and on. The hymn writer said it best, there is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I will see. And I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. And when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. Based on the authority of the Bible, we know that because of her faith in Jesus Christ and Christ alone, mom has stepped foot on that happy golden shore. But lastly, another reason the death of a saint is precious is because not only do certain things end, but certain things begin. Dying for the saint means that we finally see Jesus face to face. 1 John 3 and verse 3 says, For we shall see him as he is. Think about it because mom has seen Jesus. Dying means we finally arrive in that wonderful place that John chapter 14 says that he has gone to prepare for us. Dying means we will spend forever worshiping the Lamb of God who shed his blood for the remission of our sins. Dying means that for all of eternity, we will be reunited with our saved loved ones. And we have peace today. I want you to know we as a family, we have peace today because we know that mom is in heaven with her Lord and her Savior, Jesus Christ. And we celebrate the fact that my mom is finally home. If you have not received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I know that mom would want me to encourage you to make that life-changing decision this morning. If ever there's a time when a person thinks about death, it's at a funeral. That's why Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 2, it is better to go to the house of mourning, that is the house of grieving, than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. It's as we sit in a service like this that we ought to ask ourselves the question, if it were my body in that casket, where would my soul spend eternity? Have you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Some say you get to heaven by good works, Others say that you need to be baptized or you need to become a member of a church. I don't know about you, but when it comes to my eternal destiny, I don't care what the opinion of man is. I'm only interested in how does God say that a person gets saved? Well, God's word, the Bible says that we are all sinners. There's not one person good enough to go to heaven. Romans 3 verse 23 says, for all have sinned 
and come short of the glory of God. In and of ourselves, we are without hope of ever going to heaven. But the good news is that God saw our desperate spiritual condition and he did something about it. Romans 5 verse 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for our sins. He made a way, he provided a way for you and me to go to heaven and to spend eternity with him. And that's why Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Man has complicated the way to heaven. Man says you have to do this and you have to do that in order to go to heaven. But God says, believe. Put your faith, put your trust in Christ and what he has done for you on the cross of Calvary. Again, if you've never made that spiritual decision to receive Jesus as your personal savior, I wanna encourage you to do that today as I mentioned Mom made that spiritual decision in her life in 1952 in Biloxi, Mississippi. And I want to very clearly say, if you ever want to see my mom again, you need to make that decision as well. The last words that I spoke to my mom was, Mom, I love you. And I'll see you in heaven. We have that confidence. It's a poem some time ago that I found and clipped out that certainly applies. God saw she was getting tired and a cure was not to be. So he put his arms around her and whispered, come to me. With tearful eyes, we watched her suffer and saw her fade away. Although we loved her dearly, we could not make her stay. A golden heart stopped beating, hard working hands to rest. God broke our hearts to prove to us he only takes the best. I'm thankful that my mom has experienced the reality to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. To her, that's more than just a Bible verse. It's real. She is finally home. And Robert Ballard is going to come and sing that wonderful song as we close this service. When engulfed by the terror of tempestuous seas Unknown waves before me roll At the end of doubt and peril is eternity 
Though fear and conflict seize my soul But just think of stepping on shore And finding it heaven Of touching a hand And finding it God's Of breathing new air And finding it celestial Of waking up in glory And finding it home When surrounded by the blackness of the darkest night Oh, how lonely death can be At the end of this long tunnel is a shining light For death is swallowed up in victory But just think of stepping on shore And finding it heaven Of touching a hand And finding it God's Of breathing new air And finding it celestial Finding it home And what a day that will be When my Jesus I shall see When I look upon His face The one who saved me by His grace And then He'll take me by the hand and lead me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. But just think of stepping on shore and finding that it's heaven of touching a hand and finding it God's of breathing new air and finding it celestial of waking up in glory. And finding it home And finding it
she's finally Thank you. 